welcome to the Piercefield Oliver podcast. I'm Louise Oliver and our topic today is what is wealth without health? Indeed, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Estralita van Rensburg and Izzy Warwick for my discussion today. Estralita is a medical doctor, experienced medical researcher and latterly worked for many years in the pharmaceutical industry. Izzy is the co-author, along with Estralita, of Eat Well or Die Slowly, which is a guide to metabolic health. Having just completed reading the book, I can say to you that it's easy to read, it's very concise and it makes absolute sense. So we're going to learn a little bit about that today. So Izzy and Estralita share the same mantra and they would say to you it's never too late to make a change. So just to set the scene, money is not everything but money is very important and of course I would say that as a financial planner. Beyond basic needs, money helps us achieve our life's goals and supports the things we care about most deeply like family, education, healthcare, charity, adventure and fun. At Piercefield Oliver we work with our clients to help them make their life intentions a reality. But of course you cannot buy your health. You only have to look at Steve Jobs for example, the creator of Apple. All the money in the world and he died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 56. It's so sad. And he actually wrote some lovely words, his dying words, and one of his quotes was, In others' eyes, my life is the essence of success, but aside from work, I have little joy. And in the end, wealth is just a fact of life to which I am accustomed. He also wrote down five undeniable facts of life. Two of those I will quote for you. The first one, Don't educate your children to be rich, educate them to be happy. So when they grow up, they will know the value of things, not the price. And secondly, eat your food as your medicine. Otherwise, you'll have to eat medicine as your food. So very profound. So let's get into the meat of this. Estralita, I come to you first. You say it's never too late to make a change. Can you explain? Yes, thank you, Louise, for a very good question. And that is true because we're talking about lifestyle diseases that's being affected by our metabolic health. And that, in turn, depends on the quality and the kind of food that we eat. And this is something that we can, if we're not doing it correctly, we can change at any time, whether you're in your 20s or in your 60s or in your 70s, we can do something about it and it can then improve our metabolic health. And I think it's maybe appropriate just to remind our listeners of the impact of lifestyle diseases globally. Now, diabetes is a very good example and we know that the prevalence of diabetes has increased over 80% just between the year 2000 and 2010. Another one is dementia, and it's predicted here in the UK by the year 2025, that's just in four years' time, 
there will be over a million people in the UK suffering from dementia. We already know about obesity as a huge factor globally and worldwide. The obesity is actually tripled since the mid 1970s. So we have a huge problem globally, but it's something that we can do something about. So Astralita, those figures are really shocking, aren't they? And of course, we say it's never too late. You're never too old to grab this and make a change. And just while we're talking about that, the title of your book, Eat Well or Die Slowly, why did you come up with that? Can you just share that with us? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we were thinking, how would we position this book? Because uh, as I mentioned, it is about metabolic health. How can we make it punchy, but also for people to understand how serious it is? Because we believe in the Western world today that the majority of adults are actually suffering from metabolic disease or with its more scientific name, insulin resistance. And we want for people to understand that if they eat incorrectly, these diseases develop over a long time period, years to decades. So we're actually dying slowly because these diseases is progressive. And ultimately, we will die from some of the complications if we don't reverse our metabolic health. Yes, so almost you don't know it's happening to yourself, do you? So you could be feeling really fit and healthy and carrying on with the habits, your eating habits. Maybe even your GP has recommended a dietary program that may be inappropriate for you, but we'll come on to that. And you just wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that you were causing yourself that long-term slow damage. And this brings me on to you, Izzy, because you actually have personal experience of literally having a light bulb moment and changing your life. Can you share that with us, please, Izzy? Yes, delighted to, Louise. I'll just give you a little background. Prior to taking a strong interest in health and how your way of life can affect it, I had a hectic career in the world of commercial property with the resultant stress and challenges which that brought. Little did I know or realize that for decades, the invisible effects of leading that lifestyle, which also involved eating on the run, eating out, social drinking, using pre-prepared meals when I got home, along with being a single parent whose priority was the welfare of my daughter, all led to a massive health challenge. In my 50s, I had a huge wake-up call when I lost consciousness in a public car park and on being admitted to hospital by ambulance, had no recollection of how I'd arrived there or that my daughter had in fact accompanied me in the ambulance. The reasons were undiagnosed apart from the fact that I had soaring blood pressure and was prescribed a cocktail of medicines. For the first time, I was scared about the condition of my health. However, not scared enough to really take heed. So a few years later, in my 60s, the next problem hit. I had two bad falls, both resulting in fractures, followed by frequent passing out on airplanes, then heart palpitations. And guess what? Yes, another medicine cocktail. I consulted a cardiologist and a heart monitor was inserted, which showed that my heart would stop for a few beats every now and then. Another very scary experience. It was at that point that Estrelita said, you know, Izzy, I think you should look at your diet. And I did. The results have been amazing. No more blood pressure medications. I've lost weight. I feel 20 years younger. 
I've got no more brain fog. Actually, I didn't even realize I had brain fog. And I'm certainly more creative and got absolutely masses more energy. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you had a light bulb moment and something shocking happened to you, Izzy, and it made you think, whereas if, you know, this is somebody like me who feels fit, healthy, I'm cycling, I don't know what damage I'm doing my body by potentially eating the wrong food. So you have an opportunity to grab your health, don't you, before it becomes a problem. Did you see what I'm saying? I think for me, I see totally what you're saying. At the time, I wasn't actually terribly happy about my health challenges, but I'm actually grateful for them now because I realized that actually without them, I would still be leading the lifestyle that I was leading before. And slowly my health would be slipping away. Yeah, and Estralita, can you just share with us a little bit about the approach generally from our general practitioners and the fact that the lack of education with regard to diet when people are going through medical school, because this has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. So when I was in medical school, nutrition is not really a subject that's taught to medical students. And we certainly didn't have any lectures on that. And I believe it's mostly like that still today. So practitioners, GPs think that they just have to prescribe medication for any diseases. They really not taught about metabolic disease. And unfortunately, the nutritionists as well go to the national dietary guidelines. That's actually put forward and supported by the government. And that is, many people will know, that's the Eat Well Guide. You can find that on the NHS website. And that is what we've been told since the beginning of the 1980s as the correct way to eat. It's not only in the UK, it's also in the US and most of the other Western governments. Unfortunately, the guidelines are not based on scientific data. It's actually more supportive of the industry. And we're talking here about the food, the drink companies and the pharmaceutical industry. And this is very, very concerning because these big companies have got a vested interest, the processed foods that's so prevalent in our supermarkets, any shops where we go to, and we're being taught and told that we can buy food cheaply, they pre-prepared, we've got busy lives, and that is what we've been sold. Unfortunately, it's actually this very dietary program that's driving these metabolic diseases. Yeah, this has a massive effect on the NHS, doesn't it? And there's a misconception that the drugs will make you healthy. So you could ask an individual, how do you feel today? Oh, I'm fine. I feel really healthy. There's nothing wrong with me. And then when you delve a little deeper, they might be taking three or four different medications, maybe for diabetes, maybe statins, maybe arthritis, you know, array of drugs. And it seems to be that we almost expect to be taking them after a certain age. I mean, I'm 56 and some of my friends who are of the same age are starting with blood pressure tablets. So just a question really, it's just to you, Izzy, and also Estralita, if you want to interject, that's a real worry, isn't it? I think it's a massive concern. I was, first of all, prescribed drugs in my 50s. To be honest with you, actually, I was very reluctant, but I was persuaded that this was the best way forward. 
And so it was principally, well, I'm not actually, I can't quite remember the cocktail of medicines, but I do remember it was for high blood pressure and other aspects. By actually changing my diet, what has actually happened is that I'm off all medications now. And I'll pass over to Estralita, who I'm sure has something medical that she wants to add to that. Yes, I think that's a very good example. And Louise, it's true what you say. The older we get, we actually expect to become sick and take medication. But what people don't realize is that the medication are really band-aids. The medication is only addressing the symptoms, not the cause of the disease. So while people take more and more medication for their diabetes or blood pressure, actually the underlying disease is getting more and more severe. So it's just the symptoms that's being addressed. And that is the whole problem. We have to go back to the cause of why we're sick. Because as human beings, that's not the way that we were designed. We should be healthy until the age that we die. And we can go back in history and look at examples of that. But this modern concept of becoming so sick in our old age, that is not what healthy human nature is about. Yeah, and it's a real problem to society. Not only that, it's a world problem, global and to governments, because literally society cannot afford funding of the medical care for our aged population. So, I mean, this is a massive topic, and I know that we're going to be recording further podcasts, but I just wanted to ask you, Estralita, how can people make that first step and how can they keep it up? For me, I'm just comparing it to my training regime. So for me, it's about routine. So I have a good routine. I go cycling and I like to have a focus, a challenge. For me, I'm riding a charity bike ride soon. So that's a focus. So it keeps me on track. So how can people make that first step in your opinion? I think people need to acknowledge, first of all, that there is a problem and not think that it's kind of normal what's happening to them. And once they acknowledge the problem, they should set themselves a health goal. I mean, it's the same like you guys are helping people to set financial goals. So what's wrong about setting a health goal? And to be able to meet the health goal, one needs support. Now, unfortunately, most people are not going to get it from their GPs or from the nutritionist because they all taught to believe the nutritional guidelines, which are actually driving the process. So you need somebody that can really help you with the true nutritional science that's behind it. And then, as you say, Louise, you need discipline, you need routine, and you need to plan. And when you can do all of those things, you will be successful. And it should be a lifetime target. I can liken it to my personal trainer. So I have a personal trainer. So she meets me at the gym, I pay her, so I turn up. Had I not had the personal trainer, I might think to myself, I feel a bit tired today, I'll go home and drink a glass of wine instead. So it's that easy to, I call it, you know, I'm a northern girl, I call it a cop-out. But if you have a similar thing, a similar person or a company or a programme, then you've made a pact with yourself and somebody else. So I feel like it works like a personal trainer in that respect. So I would like to thank Dr. Estralita von Rensberg and Izzy Warwick 
for their insightful and encouraging input in today's podcast. I think actually because it's such a meaty topic, we've agreed that we will look at this in more detail because it'd be really interesting to understand the biological background to the metabolic process and actually so that people do understand that if you eat too much of the wrong food groups, this is the effect it's having. And when I read the book, that's why I understood it because I understood what it was doing to my body. So I think that's what we'll go on to next, perhaps, and delve a little bit deeper. So I think we'll wrap up there. And in summary, your diet can have a drastic effect on your health, not just now, but into the longer term. For us as financial planners, this means that people have the chance to achieve more of their life intentions. That's a good thing. Those items on the bucket list, there's no point in us making the portfolios safe and grow over the years if that person isn't there to enjoy it or their family or anything that they want to do with that. So as I say, it's a big topic. We are moving on to record a series in respect of health and wealth. So in the meantime, I really hope you found this discussion interesting. Do contact us if you have any further questions or indeed if there's any other topics that you'd like us to discuss or cover. So in the meantime, stay healthy and keep smiling.